and welcome to episode 146 of Divided by Werewolves. This is our last last show in April, How Time Flies. This is also the first show since um, The Batman hit all the streaming services. Uh, my wife and I watched it this weekend. I would seen it in the theaters. And uh, she had told me, surprisingly, that she wanted to see it, which I was really shocked at because I never knew she, you know, that was something she really kind of wanted to watch. Mm. Um, so we watched it this weekend. We did split it up because it's a three-hour movie, and she's just not, you know. And she said, like, I just, I can't. She's like, how did you sit in a theater for three hours watching this movie? And I was like, it didn't feel like three hours. No. Like, it, to me, it's like, you know, Zodiac. Zodiac never feels like three hours. And I've seen that movie six or seven times now. I probably spent an entire calendar day watching Zodiac. <laughs> I love that movie to death. Like, I love that movie to death. It is one of my absolute favorite movies. And, uh, you know, every year, finding a movie that kind of kicks it off the list is difficult. And this and this was the same way for me. Like, it didn't feel like like three hours and and as we were chatting before the show she was kind of saying all the reasons why she you know she's like i like this and i like that but i didn't like these things and for all the things she, she didn't like i was like yeah here's why you're wrong and i'm gonna like <laughs> kind of which obviously i'm not gonna tell my wife she's wrong for having an opinion but i do feel like this is a movie and we talked about it when we originally talked about it the show but it just hit streaming so we can kind of revisit it I do feel like this is a movie that works on one level for people who are just have seen the Nolan films or just going to the movie theater to see a Batman film and works on another level for people who have been waiting for what if we took the aesthetic of comic books and the way that they're able to use panels to show uh, action and changes in and time and positions and and all that stuff and we we melded that with the you know all of the palettes and the what we can do in movies and it works on a totally different level for those folks which that's that's me like the thing i love yeah. the most about this movie is how many sequences i could see if this was a comic how this panel would look or how these mm-hmm. this sequence would look with you know at the beginning when they show the three groups of thugs or people and and they're looking into the darkened alley and then back or how the 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 scene you know where he's he's fighting you know all the gunmen at the club where it's black and then it's just punctuated yeah. with the gunfire how you would see a panel of black and then that and then the pa- you know and the and how you would use that visual medium of storytelling in comics to move things along in a way that's totally different from the visual medium of movies but this took that and said no no we don't have to show everything mm-hmm. we can just use space and 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 shadow and and the lack of a thing to to convey in the same way that comics can, um, mm-hmm. and and it was like I loved it, and of course I fucking cranked when the Batmobile first showed up. I was like, like this is like my wife doesn't like when movies are loud, and I'm like, movies should be loud, and I cranked that shit up because I mean that thing is like a fucking cage beast, and it needs yes. it deserves the full audio soundscape. 
I did the same thing when I, re- I rewatched it last night, and, and I was I was just waiting. I had I, I had the because the my um, speakers in the living room like they have a separate remote, so it's like mm-hmm. it's not the, so I had like the remote for my receiver in my hand, just waiting, yeah, just waiting to turn it up, yeah, to crank it. And, like the fucking floors were shaking. I had it turned up, so and, loud. and that's the great. thing. Like in the Nolan films, like we see the tumbler before it's the Batmobile, so you know. Right. And in this movie, all we see is there. It's it's got a sheet on it. We're like, well, that what's what's that? What's that over yeah. there? And then we yeah. see the engine, and we see all the engine parts spark plugs and all that and you just know that he's working on something so when it finally hits the screen it's like holy fuck and it's so badass it's yeah yeah. oh man i I love the whole thing all over again god it's it's so good yeah Um, but like we were saying before it's so funny um that it got so much positive reception when it hit theaters and i was genuinely shocked and then uh and then as soon as it hit streaming all the negative people on my, because I like I don't know if anybody's noticed, but I spend almost no time on the internet anymore. I just, yeah. it, it's I just don't have the energy. You're uh, a smarter <laughs> man than I am. I should just I should just stop because it's just all it does is just bring me down. <laughs> yeah. And not yeah, more yeah, no. so because of like real life. Not not to say oh no, for you know, sure, but, but yeah, but also like just any any notion I had that that people, not people in general, but just like. The Batman like really was so good that like even the you know the usual people who bitch about everything on the internet had nothing to say, and that was all squashed uh, once it hit streaming. I was like, oh, here they are. Yeah, I, I, I still don't understand it. Like, I still, I mean, I could argue. You know, when my wife and I talked about it, she's like, it was really long, and I was like, yeah. But you know, I said, it obviously, how long a movie is and how much story that the uh, is told is completely up to the filmmakers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, this movie kind of just, like, it, it earned the amount of time that it took because it, and you could argue it didn't need to tell the story that it told, and that's totally fair, but when you're looking at it through the lens of, you know, Bruce reaching a turning point into what he feels needs to happen for the city. And a lot of that is tied up in his idea of his father and what legacy means and what he's doing to maintain a certain legacy. You also have then this criticism that's always been kind of bandied about of, well, if Bruce Wayne wanted to help Gotham City, why wouldn't he use all of his money to help Mm -hmm. Gotham City? And this is, I mean, we see it in, like, if you look at all the fraud that took place over the COVID relief funds. That was just a year ago. That wasn't the same to the same degree. So if a billion dollars finally was injected into a city with no oversight, like it, you, you would see a certain level of corruption and fraud and, oh, yeah. and folks just descending on it and using it to, for less than honest purposes. So if you're kind of looking at it and then also you're bringing in the Falcones, the Maronis, because any sort of like, Batman year one, year two, those crime figures feature heavily. They're a part of Gotham's history. And if you're not going to just go completely separate and do a whole new, like, yes, his parents were killed, but other than that, we're not sticking to Gotham's origins, those families play a big part. So if you're Mm -hmm. kind of putting all of that together, then to me it makes sense if you want to make sure that you're giving things 
equal time and the right time, the right amount of time, not just like, hey, let's just do five minutes of exposition in this one scene, and that's where it goes. Like, if you want to give the things a time, you know, to to grow in a way that feels, like, natural for the movie, it's going to take a minute. Now, you could argue right. that they just didn't need to do that, and that's totally fair. They didn't need to tell that story. But in the with the story they chose to tell, I feel like it needed – it kind of des- deserved the length of time that it did to give equal everything equal weight. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. But, you know, you know, I – at the end of the day, it's it's my favorite. It's still my favorite. It's, it was my favorite when I left the theater – and, and sitting on it for some time and thinking about it and then watching it again, it's it's still my favorite. I do want to rewatch the Nolan films um, just because I haven't watched them in a while, but it's it's still my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, same here. So, um, okay, so we have, as always, a bunch of things to get through. It's been, uh, it's been some really kind of cool stuff being released uh, of late, but you have a, this is a movie that we talked about previously on the show, but there was a Blu-ray release for it, and you being our resident Blu-ray expert, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you, you got a copy of, was it VHS 94, is that correct? Yes. Correct. Awesome. Yes, we talked about it on uh, on episode 132, uh, okay. so I won't get too into the movie itself other than to say we both liked it quite a bit. Yeah. Um, as far as VHS movies go, it's it's pretty top tier. I think, I think we said, or I said, that you can probably put together a better one if you pick and choose from the first two mm-hmm. and, like, make one movie that way. Maybe you can make a better one than 94, but as they stand, 94 is pretty close to the top for me. Yeah. Uh, for these for this series um so yeah i got sent the blu-ray by the wonderful people at rlje um it came out on the 19th so it's already out um this is one of those shutter the shutter ones though so like i've said before if you're going to pick it up at walmart if walmart's your only choice like if you live like where i do uh you're probably only going to find the dvd there but um amazon should have it best buy usually has them um and this one this one kind of bucks the trend of these releases by actually having some special features on it. Oh, uh, nice! This is nice. Um, uh, it has the behind-the-scenes thing, and I tell man, if you're like, if you make Blu-rays for a living, uh, first of all, you have a way cooler job than me. But, uh, <laughs> me too. <laughs> if, if, if you're doing behind-the-scenes stuff, like, like this kind of does that thing where it's mostly interviews, mm-hmm. and I don't like that as much for a behind-the-scenes featurette because. When I think behind the scenes, I want to see like when the movie's being made and stuff like that. Yeah. And and I kind of you know I like I, I don't mind interviews, but maybe like I, I like those separate or not have that be like the main focus of your behind the scenes thing. <laughs> and this is certainly that. It's a lot of um a lot of talking heads and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's I mean it was twenty five minutes or so, uh, which is longer than you usually get on these things. So you know it's still cool. Right. Um. It has uh. It has a San Diego Comic Con panel. Oh, from, nice. Yeah, from from before it came out, and it's like a thirty minute interview with the with the directors and two of the producers. Um, God, was really when was good. the last time like Comic Con was actually in person? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, this is like a Zoom call. <laughs> okay, it's like well, there you go. Comic Con on the on the internet. And yeah, stuff, like, yeah. But they they included the entire the entire Zoom interview, which was pretty cool. Um, and I really like that. It does have a. Um, a commentary. Um, so the guys at Bloody Disgusting, they call themselves the Boo Crew. 
okay. they got they got uh, producers on for a which I didn't watch. Um, I didn't want, like I said, I didn't rewatch the movie, so I didn't get into the commentary. I did watch Simon Barrett, uh, his sex, his portion with at the funeral home. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did a separate commentary just because he enjoys doing commentaries, and I did watch that. Oh, nice! And it was it was really good. Um, listening to him talk about how they did that, and you know, and all that stuff. Um, has deleted scenes, um, extended scenes, maybe ten minutes of that stuff. Not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing on here is there's a special effects feature it with Patrick uh, McGee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's got like, it's got some of the stuff like the screen test for the Ratma creature. Oh, nice. Uh, the face melt, um, stuff like that. So that like was very cool. It wasn't, uh-huh. it wasn't long enough for me, obviously, but like I'll sit and watch a three hour documentary about special effects. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, it absolutely. never was going to be, but yeah, but, uh, but overall, man, this is a pretty solid, solid DVD. It's certainly like, I feel like the most put together one that I've seen from these shutter, uh, mm-hmm. exclusives. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it's got a, a reversible cover art. There's nice. a slip cover. <clears throat> yeah. Slip cover that has a new, a new cover art on it with the skull. Like it's a bunch of TV screens, but they form a skull. Uh-huh. And then, uh, and then the, the Blu-ray itself had that, but the reversible is the art from shutter with the, the woman with the, the tape coming out of her mouth and yeah, eyes yeah, and yeah. shit like that. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, yeah, <clears throat> surprisingly well put together. Um, so, yeah, super. Thank them so much for sending that. That's yeah. super cool. Because I was going to buy it. So. There you go. <laughs> so, unfortunately, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. But they cost themselves a couple of bucks there. But, <laughs> but we appreciate it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, always. It's always. Nice. And it's funny because, I mean, we, we talked about this before. It's like. You know, you the convenience of streaming. I mean, you can't beat it, but you forget. Like, um, I mean, my wife loves gag reels. She loves bloopers. Oh, yeah, so, like, you know, and that's one of the things you just don't get when you stream something. Is you know, you don't you you finish the movie and you're done. Oh, and so, um, I've seen. I bet I've seen the gag reel for Chasing Amy. A thousand times more than I've seen. Well, like that. like No Way Home had a gag reel, so she was so happy that she could, you know, watch, you know, fucking Willem Dafoe dance around. And yeah, the, right, right. You know, but it's like you forget, like the. I mean, Jesus, like how many fucking film school lessons did Robert? Uh, film school and cooking did Robert Rodriguez, right? You know, put on in his films or like Guillermo del Toro. Like I remember still like listening to him talk about how. You know, in Blade Two, the 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 vampire patriarch looked like um, Michael Bolton, and him just like <laughs> laughing about it, and you know, yeah. and saying like, you know, this didn't work or that didn't work, you know, and it's like you you just you really learn so much, and it's just such an opportunity, and sometimes it's like fluff, you know, it's just right, like promotional right, videos and things like that, but sometimes you really do just get you know so much of a better understanding, and it's like you know, it's like. It's, they just don't do that with the streaming stuff, uh, you know, and it's a shame. Yep. Yep. I um, agree. Okay, so we have three movies uh, that we are going to talk about this fine episode. Um, why don't we do The Cellar first? Yeah. Uh, so The Cellar is a Shutter exclusive um, written and directed by Brendan Muldowney. Uh, so this is kind of uh, carrying on the tradition of Irish horror that we talked about uh, in our last uh, last show when we talked about uh, You Are Not My Mother. Um, I I am unfamiliar with his work. He's done uh, a bunch of movies uh, before this one. Um, 
but um, this one, the main kind of draw from from uh, actress perspective is is uh, I was is uh, Alicia Cuthbert, who you might remember yeah. from Twenty Four. She played Jack Bauer's daughter Kim, but also the girl next door. That was kind of the thing uh, that I remember her most from with um, her and um, oh shit, what's his name? Um, he was in Freaks. Uh, Oh, that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I like him a lot. I just can't yeah. remember his name right now. Um, but oh, I um, almost said it. <laughs> this is this is what happens when when you get old. Yeah. Um, uh, Emil Hirsch. That's it. Jesus. Yeah. So so the seller, uh, Alicia Cuthbert. I I don't know how you pronounce this guy's name. A O N Mackin, um, Abby Fitz as as the daughter Ellie. So essentially, uh, this family buys this house in uh, Ireland, and um, they kind of bought it at an auction. So they don't really know much about the previous owner. Um, there is a creepy ass seller. Uh, the the family is kind of having some some problems, I guess. The the you know the the parents they own looks like a marketing company, and and they're kind of relying on you know quote unquote the next pitch, uh, in order to keep the business afloat. They're having some issues with the daughter who didn't want to move, uh, Ellie who didn't want to move, um, you know, or sorry, Abby. Ellie Woods is her the actress's name. The daughter's name is Abby, um, mm. or no, that's backwards. Sorry. Um, so Ellie kind of didn't want to move, you know, teenager left her friends. And one night, um, the parents have to work late and are, uh, you know, doing a, uh, their, their marketing pitch. Ellie calls and says, Hey, the power went out. Uh, what do I do? And the mom, uh, Kira basically says, Hey, you got to go down in the cellar because the circuit probably blew and you got to trip the breaker. So, you know, the daughter says, is kind of freaking out that she's got to go down this fucking creepy-ass cellar. And the mom is like, you know what I do when I get freaked out? I count. So I know there's ten steps. So just count to ten. With every every step, count it. And when you get to ten, you'll be at the bottom. So the daughter's like, one, two, three. Well, then gets to ten and then keeps ten, counting. Eleven, twelve, thirteen. And the mom's like, what the fuck's going on? Rushes home. Daughter's missing. Um, so then it kind of goes from there. The son um, uh, starts to kind of get visions of his sister kind of in this like between dead and alive state, starts, you know, hearing things and almost being beckoned to go down in the cellar themselves. Um, and then they, they, you know, the parents kind of uncover this idea of, you know, this person who had lived there before was doing all these, like, these different doors that have different Hebrew symbols, and they make pentagrams, and there's mathematical equations, and, and all this <laughs> stuff, and a door to, to Baphomet, and, and all that stuff, and uh, um, there's a lot going on in it, but despite all of this stuff going on in it, I still was just kind of left, like, eh, like, it was, it was fine. Yeah. There's a lot going on for nothing to be happy. Exactly. Yeah. So much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I I don't know. It it, it was fine. Um, some of the, some of the imagery was cool. I thought the creature design was cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it, it just felt like the kind of thing where, uh, a very specific audience, and I, and I say that meaning yeah. an audience of one. 
Yeah. And it was the guy who wrote it. Yeah. He really likes Satan and really likes math. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. like, how can I make that work? Right. <laughs> right. And then somebody was like, you know what? Go for it, kid. And uh, and they did and, it. Yeah. And I mean, and there's always like, I mean, that this idea of like, you know, kind of math being a language to express higher concepts is, is mm-hmm. nothing new. And, and, right. and, you know, particularly also this idea of, you know, the supernatural feeling, you know, it's right there in the word, like it's something above or a, a, apart from the natural world, which then would mean it's also not something dictated by math and science but there's there's also been other you know lots of stories of this idea of well well maybe you know it's just a matter of finding the right math right Mm -hmm. and finding the right i mean even in like you know kind of like hellraiser like this idea of this geometrical puzzle box and you just solve it you just find the right combination of geometry and 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 steps where you can get this puzzle box to work and it opens up this other world so that's that's not something new it's just in this particular situation i just i didn't really understand like what you know kind of where like i understand it from this point of you know when she's talking to the mathematician and 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 he's like saying like you know all these different equations in mathematics it's like it's just a language and it's just meant to express different ideas and this stuff expresses this really fucked up crazy idea but then it's like it, as the movie goes on without you know kind of spoiling it you're just like i don't really understand like what it all if you want to look at it from yeah it kind of opens the door but it goes beyond that and where it goes mm. beyond that i just didn't understand like, yeah that's where it what it was supposed too. to be <laughs> um, right because like, like it makes perfect sense like you said like it, I, I i don't know not so much in the sense of of like I guess trying to discover things, but if you're trying to hide something away, something potentially yes. like super evil, right? It makes sense to put like to have what locks it down be higher math because fuck if I'm going to figure that shit exactly out. Like, that ain't going to happen. You get right. like you know if you want to keep Satan away from me, you hide him behind a door with geometry above it. I'm like right. nope, I I'll never open that. Right. <laughs> so so right. like I get that, but yeah, once once you get past that part and. There's other stuff involving math still happening. I just didn't understand why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And I, I agree a hundred percent. And then also like, I, I don't know. It's just kind of like, you know, if I can stop Satan with a doorstop, like, I just don't know how much of a big deal <laughs> Satan is like at this, at yeah. this point, like, it just seems to me like I was, I know this is stupid, but like during the eighties, there was this kind of, there was on Saturday Night Live. They had this whole skit where it was the People's Court, and someone was suing Satan, and John Lovitz played <laughs> Satan, and he, he had the typical like the red, you know, the cape and the jumpsuit yeah. and the horns, and 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 they were saying how the the woman who was suing him was saying that she, that Satan dumped garbage all over her front yard. And his line was, I'm the Prince of Doctors. If I'm mad at you, you don't know it. Like, <laughs> and that's kind of like this. I'm like, why? Like, I think of something, yeah. I, you know, I mean, there's so many different ways in which movies used to portray Satan and his influence in a way he's like, but it's like, he's just coming up out of a closet. I mean, out of a cellar. Like, yeah. that's like yeah. some fucking first grade bullshit where like, you're terrified to go right. in your crawl space. It's like, like, 
uh, really? Like, that's what you're doing? Just jump scares out of the cellar? Like, I could just, like, lock, like, just block this door off. Like, then what? Right. And I mean, and yes, they did do other <laughs> stuff where, like, you know, this kind of door would open up in other rooms for the sun. But it's just like, is that, that's your big play? You're just going to make noises and come up out of the cellar? Like, I got a fix for that. It's called a fucking one story. Like, <laughs> like I just feel like right. Satan should be a little more powerful than needing a basement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> and it's like when we've we've watched like I keep thinking of like the dark and the wicked for me what was so unsettling about that movie is it's like a normal family it wasn't like something had happened nobody went to some far off location and found some idol and broke it home brought it home they were just right, a right. normal family going through a bit of a tough time and that's all it took was that just little kind of like yep. letting your guard down and maybe that that dip in in faith to just let that horrifyingly evil presence in and and that's all it took and once it was there it was like it's on yeah. and yeah. that to yeah. me is like way it's scarier everywhere. it's not just in the cellar yeah like that, exactly that's so much more terrifying to me than this idea of oh it's a scary ass cellar yeah. and something comes up out of it right um, and then you know well, they, they, they kind of do this whole thing where you know Elisha Cuthbert, who I would not have recognized in this movie if I didn't see her name in the credits. Um, you know, she sees that her daughter on Instagram got like a tattoo on her ankle, and then later on, that's the only way she recognizes her daughter is like she sees that the girl's jeans are torn in the exact right spot to see it on her like leg, and I'm like, oh, that seems weird. Yeah, that's why all my tattoos are visible. It just makes it easier to find me in some sort of <laughs> blighted hellscape. <laughs> like that's two Assassin's Creed games in one <laughs> must be Brandon <laughs> ah, let's just leave him <laughs> we can't be sure let's we'll eh. get a close look yeah it's good eh. what's he ever done <laughs> he's fine oh, yeah. he's, he seems yeah. happy <laughs> do we really want to find him that would be me that's not him we, well let's go we, look no we, no it's not him Yeah, we could just shut this door the cellar door it'd be fine it's all good yeah it's all good. He's saying math. That ain't Mitch. Don't worry about it. It's not him. <laughs> yeah, if I'm if I'm walking around saying math, then that's look elsewhere. It ain't me. Unless I'm in Publix and I'm like, oh, buy one get one. All right, well that's cheaper. Which I did today. I'm, I'm so lame. So I don't know if you've seen. Well, because you're not online, you wouldn't have seen. So for some reason, iced tea is on the back of Honey Nut Cheerios boxes. Nice. <laughs> and there's this thing that people do. It's called the iced tea challenge, where if you are in the grocery store and you see boxes of Honey Nut Cheerios, you turn them around so that iced tea is showing. Yes. So I was in the Publix today and I saw the Honey Nut Cheerios and I turned the boxes around. And then if someone who worked at the store came walking down the aisle, I actually had to pull my phone out to make it look like I was going through <laughs> the digital coupons because I didn't want to get busted by the grocery store police. Um, well. And then, then I took a picture and, and tweeted at, at Ice-T to let him know that, that folks here in Florida still remember that he is the original gangster. So oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know why Ice-T is on a box. Of, but, I mean, God, just goes to show you how it's like 
it's crazy. Like I used to listen to Ice T when I was in high school, and I remember the big deal when Body Count released their first album, and Cop Killer came out, and now he's yeah. on fucking heart healthy Honey Nut Cheerios. <laughs> like, like when people talk about like cancel culture, it's like y'all don't get it. How much like they came hard for Ice T and Body Count. Like they had hearings. Like they came hard for him, and he's on. You can go to your grocery store right now and do the iced tea challenge yourself. Turn those fucking boxes around. That's there right. he is. Like <laughs> the first CD I ever got refused to be sold at a store. Like, like uh, I bought Pantera, Slayer. Yeah. Like you know all of the shit that I was into, and I in the same place, and I go up to the counter with Body Count, and they were like, "How old are you?" Yep. And I was like, 14? And they were like, "You can't buy that." I'm like, what? <laughs> I bought Pantera here last weekend. What do you, what? Yeah. Like, dude wouldn't yeah. sell it to me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 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 And now he's on Honey Nut Cheerios. He's heart healthy. As yeah. all, as all OGs are. That reminds me, I had to, so I was at work uh, and I just talk at work. Like basically, if you hear me on the show, like this is, this is not an act. Like this is just literally who I am. Like this is just, this is how I talk. It's how I whatever so i was at work and at work i deal with uh a lot of like data sets and so we have different databases and one of the projects one of the teams that i support is a simulation so we take data we make some changes to it and we simulate what happens as a result of those those changes uh and those databases are different from kind of the base database tables that uh, other people might use to say, oh, you know, what happened this year, that year, whatever. <laughs> so I had said when talking about an issue that, oh, it's happening in this table, but it's not happening. It's, and it's called UDS. It's just it stands for like universal data source or something like that. And I said, it's not happening in OG UDS. Because I'm like, everybody knows what OG <laughs> means. Right. Right? Like it's fucking 2022. How in how in this day in in time do people not know what OG means? Yeah. And 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 our um tech lead was like, "What is what do you mean when you say OG?" And I was like, "Oh. Well, OG stands for original gangster, and it means like <laughs> the first. Like that's what I say when I mean like it's not happening then in in the original one, but not the new one." And he's like, "Oh, okay." He's like, "That's cool." He's like, "I love how I always learned something from you. I just call it production." And I'm like, "Well, yeah, that works too." <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, it's the OG. It's the first one. Come on. Like, we all know what that means. Right? Like, <laughs> just saying. Anyway, so go out when next time you're buying cereal, do the Ice Tea Challenge. It's going to be great. I'll Love it. Yeah. All right. So, this next movie is a sequel. Uh, I did not see the first one. I was a little confused, but Ooh. I was able to follow oh. along. I thought you did. <laughs> no, no. And that is uh, Wormwood Apocalypse, uh, directed and written by Kia Roach-Turner, uh, also written by Tristan uh, Roach-Turner. I have never seen a Wormwood movie before, mm. but you had said, oh, wait, no, shit, maybe I did. That's Road of the, Road uh, of the, Road dead, of the yeah. dead. Yeah. Okay, maybe I did. I get this movie confused, though. With there's another uh, there's a there's kind of a horror action movie 
it's kind of like Mad Max set in that kind of, but still that kind of over-the-top aesthetic. And for the life of me, I can't remember what it's called. Um, it may have been Wormwood, because that's, that's what everybody called Wormwood, was Mad Max meets... No, this is different. Uh, shit. I will have to find it. But anyway, I had not heard of this movie before. Uh, the the Wormwood ones. It was it, at least I didn't. None of it was. If I had seen it, it was not. Um, none of it kind of came back to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but so have you? Is this something that like you you kind of follow along with? Because it it, it yeah. felt completely new to me. And I'm gonna find yeah. this other movie. Um, yeah, I had seen the first one. I I can't remember um, how. I, I guess I heard about it on the internet, like everything else. But. Um, but yeah, it was all. It was like built up as this mad. It's Australian, so they that's yep. why it's Mad Mag. But also like there's like the cars and they're wearing like yep. the armor suits and shit like that. Um, but it, yeah, and it, it was described as Mad Max meets uh, The Walking Dead or zombies or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and so I watched it and I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought the end it went a little strange because and and that ties into this one because this one picks up exactly where the first one leaves off. Right. Um, with the woman uh, who I think it was the sister gets bitten in the first one, but then yeah, Brooke, they, yeah, and they give her this. So basically, like the, the the way this works is the zombies like breathe this like this green gas, stuff, this yeah. gas, and they found a way to like harvest that and turn it into fuel. So like right, machinery runs off of it and things like this. Uh, and, and in the first movie. The only thing, honestly, I really wish I'd have watched it, and I meant to. I meant to get to it, and I just didn't uh, because I knew this one picked up uh, where the first one leaves off. But I just remembered that the sister got bitten, and then something to do with some serum, and she got to where she could control the zombies. Yeah, she's like a hybrid. Yeah, so yeah. she could, right, she could control like, them. Right, right, and that's where I kind of doomsday. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's where I remember. Um, Jesus Christ, that is wildly different than Wormwood. I know, I know. Now that I said it, I was like, yeah, it's a little different. <laughs> um, God, that's this movie's not even the same ballpark. Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> um, so this one, this one kind of picks up. And so I had followed along with the, I guess I follow the director on, on everything. And so he was, like, I remember when it got its Australian premiere, I was like, fuck, I can't wait to see that. And I like, I need to rewatch the first one. And of course, I never did. And and then this one comes out, and it's more of the same sort of thing. Picks the story up with our same characters and a couple of new guys, um, mm-hmm. but same thing. Zombies breathe the gas. They're but the the military is trying to weaponize it, and, and as they do in these particular scenarios, um, you know. And it's I liked it. I but I need I really have to rewatch the first. One because, yeah, man, the tone of this thing was 90s superhero yes me. and holy shit i don't remember the first one I, rem- I i don't remember that being the case in the first one it, like even the music in this was was yes. cheesy as fucking ridiculous like in, in the best way like it, i just it wasn't what i was expecting like right and, and know, then I, like the whole thing with like the surgeon general being you know uh, he's he was a hybrid <laughs> and then also yeah. like his his kind of general, you know, main guy was also a hybrid, and and it's like, yeah. you know, it just seemed to be, you know, a lot of this stuff was just, you know, how many of these folks were like huffing these, 
you know, yeah. taking these, yeah, like, they all have been infected, and you're like, well, wait, what? Like, when? Right, <laughs> right. right. It, 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 uh, it, man, I'll tell you what it reminded me of was Officer Down. Like, yes, yeah. Big time Officer Down vibes for me. I mean, I had a blast with it, but I just, it was so jarring for me when it first started because, like I said, my memory of the first one was literally that. It was like Mad Max, you know, serious, over the top action, but like the tone I felt like was played pretty straight, and this thing was just like yeah. a cartoon. It was fucking bonkers, like all over the place. And I was like, I don't remember the first one being like this. <laughs> like, so. It, it it once I like got settled into the to the flow of the movie and like adjusted myself to the vibe of it, I enjoyed, it was fun. Like mm-hmm. it was for, for a gory, splattery, you know, like I said, it feels like a, a Schumacher Batman almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I it, I, I really I, I kind of do and kind of don't want to watch the first one. I I'll probably wait till I get the blue for this and just do both, like because it plays as one movie anyway. Yeah, and I think that was the thing for me is like I I was not like to, I was really wasn't a fan, and I don't know if it's just because it's been uh, if I had seen the first one I just didn't remember it, and because it picked up right where uh, the old one left off. But then also I kind of expected something, you know, I guess more serious if that's yeah. the right word. Um, right. And Thank so you. <laughs> you know, and so I was just kind of like. What the fuck is going on with this movie? Yeah, yeah it, it it as a standalone movie, I don't I don't see how it could possibly work because I mean even the it does like minimal flashback, yeah, at the beginning, but it man it just kind of hits the ground running and you're expected to keep up or, or be left behind, I guess because they don't go out of their way to explain shit. Right. Characters come in late, characters come in and out, and it's just like yeah, it, it's it it works as a sequel, but more so as a just continuation it doesn't really it expects you to know and it's, the status it, quo. It, it's eight years yeah i mean wormwood came out in 2014 <laughs> i know <laughs> so it'll be just be like hey how about we make a sequel eight years later and we pretend like not a minute has passed it's right. like oh right <laughs> all right i guess that's one way to go <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's made for a very specific once again a very specific audience <laughs> right Right. Yeah, and it, and it was interesting too because like I don't know, uh the the whole thing with um you know, Brooke and then the way that things end, you're just like I don't feel like they have a bible in this movie to say how things are supposed to happen. I kind of <laughs> feel like they're just doing we're just going to do whatever like works, whatever we need to have happen for the plot. In, in this moment is what we're going to do. And that's yeah. fine. There's there's nothing wrong with that. I, I personally, I like a little more like, all right, we're going to establish some rules and the, and the movie's going to play by these rules. <laughs> because yeah. otherwise, you know, particularly like there's this kind of emotional moment at the end where you're supposed to feel like, oh no, we're going to say goodbye to these characters. And then at the other, they come out and they're just like, we're fine. And you're like, all right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. I yeah. guess I got worried for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you were tore up. <laughs> yeah, I was very concerned. I was, I was super concerned. I was just like, "Oh no, you!" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I now I have to see what I'm trying to like. This is a problem. I mean, because I haven't like, I you know, last year was the first year I really 
um, you know, started tracking things on Letterboxd. Like, when I look at the poster for Wormwood, I'm like, that looks like something I would watch. But at the mm. same time, I, you know, but again, then again, if it was, you know, eight years I, ago, I could have and just yeah. didn't remember. I, I'm pretty sure I reviewed it somewhere. Yeah. That, when I, that was back in my writing days. I don't, I don't think it was my blog, so it would have been, yeah. I don't know, it's somewhere. I, I remember watching it and writing about it. So. But when, you know, when it's like, you know, we are talking about the gas and using it for fuel, and we see that in the movie, but also, like, when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that, that kind of struck a chord, so who knows. Um, okay, so this last movie uh, was the highly uh, anticipated uh, f- follow-up by uh, Ty West, uh, from you know, House of the Devil, and of course he's done a ton of things, you know, since House yeah. of the Devil. Um, but you know, for me, that's kind of the, the thing that you know I kind of—I mean, The Innkeepers is great. Don't get me wrong, but but yeah, that know. was a one-two punch for me, and I was like, anything this guy does, I'm in. Like right, you know, right. But I mean, how you know that's not been great, <laughs> right? I mean, in Innkeepers and, and the Sacrament was super freaky like don't yeah i like that i just i didn't like the his abc's of death segment was yeah fucking not great and then he did a western mm-hmm. which i own which wasn't great oh yeah in the valley of violence uh, i think if i watch that or not uh ethan hawks in that one right yeah yeah uh, that's why i bought i bought it sight unseen i ordered it i pre-ordered it just because i knew he was in it and it was a western by ty west and you know, it, it didn't have any of the Ty West stuff that I am a fan of Ty West because of. It was just kind of a straight, pretty straightforward Western. Right, right. Um, so so X is kind of his take on almost like a, you know, Texas Chainsaw, you know, like 70s, uh, you know, horny young adults. Exploitation. Exploitation, yeah. uh, you know, go to remote, you know, kind of country town and... Uh, bad shit befalls them, um, you know. So uh, the 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 big deal in this movie is that um, Mia Goth does double duty, playing both Maxine, who is kind of the uh, one of the actresses in in this adult film, but who's really looking to make this uh, this adult film her. Um, kind of her her on-ramp to to a better life and a life that she feels like she deserves uh, but she also plays pearl uh the the killer the the old uh, old woman who is essentially like slaughtering um all of these uh all of these filmmakers and and stars um mm-hmm. and then there is kind of a, a tie-in at the end that kind of in, in some way ties the two characters together um uh, but but this is you know you know and then you know kid cuddy uh playing uh yeah. know, Jackson um right uh but uh and then Jenna Ortega uh playing Lorraine the the boom mic operator and you know obviously mm. if you'd seen uh the 2000 th- this year's version of Scream uh she was the young woman at the beginning of the movie that gets gets terrorized um but um you know it 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 it's kind of like like we said his his version of kind of the exploitation slasher film um and uh i mean i i thought it was great i loved it um yep. you know it uh it kind of plays with those those horror movie tropes like 
you know, when you kind of think of Scream, it's like, well, don't have sex. Well, everyone in this movie is having sex because it's an adult film. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and, and it wasn't a typical... Like like a Texas Chainsaw, whether it's you know kind of the new one, the sequel or something like, you know, Last House on the Left or you know Hills Have Eyes, where it's like okay, it's these folks that are kind of out of their element. They've kind of mm-hmm. come. I mean, they specifically rented this guy's house because they were like, well, it's it's kind of away from folks, where so we can film this movie. You know, we're making a porno, uh, even if it's soft core. Uh, we still they're still doing it like but we we don't we need to be away from prying eyes we can't have the townspeople seeing what we're doing we can't be having you know the sheriff kind of checking on us so hey this this older guy he's got a farm he was willing to to rent us some space and it was cheap so we're going to take use of it they didn't kind of come into this area feeling like oh we're better than everybody or we're you know stranger in a strange land it really was just like hey we're kind of here to to do a thing we arranged it so we're going to go do this thing um and then of course everything gets upended by pearl and her motivations for killing is not something we've ever seen in kind of a slasher movie before i mean basically she's an old woman she kind of remembers her days of being young and beautiful and uh she's having a very difficult time with not her husband not being able to satisfy her sexually uh and also you kind of can tell like she's kind of lost it and Mm -hmm. takes it out on you know these these young folks who she sees as you know the first person is kind of spurns her advances and she does not take that well but then also sees (laughs) she kind of sees in them you know something that she wants that she can't have anymore and mm-hmm. and and reacts to that uh with with violence um which is which again is not i mean that's 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 a far cry from you know yeah you like know. for as much as i loved it and, it and man when it once it goes there it fucking it goes mm-hmm. there it, it is brutal yeah like it, it is fucking gory as fuck like this old lady is fucking she's got a mean streak you know? right right yeah but that was kind of my thing i was like man i'm enjoying this but holy shit the the motivation was sort of my thing we're like would this happen like i mean like would she like you know be that mad about not getting banged i don't know, uh, you know just yeah i mean clearly of, there was something else there yeah yeah and but i thought you know you know the uh, like i said when, when we i kind of talked about it before um like my that was my one kind of thing was the the reasoning behind it and then the after credit sequence kind of fixed all that for me anyway so yeah yeah so yeah i you know i, I liked i liked it a lot too i thought man it is it is shot so well like right. it is it is such a, a his version of a movie that you would have thought this movie came out in the 70s like yeah you didn't know any better like yeah. it looks phenomenal yep and he he actually shot it and Pearl its sequel at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they were basically in New Zealand and with the COVID restrictions they had to stay there. So he was like, all right, well why don't we uh, why don't we go ahead and just do them both together? I don't know when when per- uh, Pearl is supposed to come out, right? But um, uh, you know it's kind of an interesting take, especially when you know he's got Mia Goth there, so to have her kind of do double duty might as well take advantage of that um mm-hmm. and 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 
you know, so Pearl will take place, you know, when Pearl was a young woman, um, and kind of, you know, I guess delve more into, uh, I guess her backstory and whatnot. Um, but you know, it's funny because there's some, there's some very kind of, you know, your typical kind of slashery type of things, which are like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's bad. But then there's also some scenes like, like this one scene when Jenny Ortega gets her fingers broken and you're like, yeah. oh my God, like to me, that was worse <laughs> than, you know, yeah. just, you know, this one guy getting stabbed to death because it just looks so painful. Like yeah, <laughs> she's right. like, you know, reach her hand through the door and, and it's like, oh, I finally got the lock. And then this guy just fucking annihilates her hand with a shotgun butt yeah. and you're just like ah like, <laughs> yeah. it's uh, like green room all over again yes yes <laughs> although she doesn't just tape it up with some duct tape right. it's like it's all good <laughs> right right and that's uh that's not too much of a spoiler if you've seen the latest cover of Fangoria that's that's right there on the cover where she's kind of holding uh her busted finger and I believe yeah. the headline is like Jenny Ortega gets her big break but um yeah <laughs> Uh, but I mean, I really enjoyed it. You know, I mean, it's especially I think because I was so disappointed by um, the the Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel yeah. or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, it just this thing just fit all the parts just seemed to fit well together in terms of like why were they were there, and then you know the the ulterior motives of you know the guy who was renting the place and then you know the uh, you know the the killer and everything and it just even i mean obviously you got to take a lot of this shit with a grain of salt because it is a movie in which you know someone's just like an, an old woman is just massacring you right. know young healthy <laughs> adults yeah, yeah it's, but, you know it's 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 an example of of a movie that doesn't necessarily do anything to break any tropes but yeah it's also done by someone who is a master of the craft and if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing. You know, it, yeah. it, it pretty much goes from point A to point B and doesn't do a whole lot to like surprise you at any of the turns that it takes. Um, it does have some like, Holy shit moments. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah. Like, but they come in the form of a, a badass kill or, you know, some violence or something like that, but there's yeah. no, no twists, no turns. It's pretty paint by numbers as far as slashers go. Yeah, I mean, when 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 it's like when they all show up, you're like, wow, they're not gonna make it out of here alive. I mean, no right. one's like, oh my god, I hope they're okay. All right, well, how many of these movies have you seen? Yeah, <laughs> they're one hundred percent not gonna be okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, no one's getting out of this okay. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Yeah, and also like I I thought it was funny just too like the you know kind of the farmer's daughter is like you know this is art you know like the one guy is like yeah. it's it's avant garde and you know it's like <laughs> it's the farmer's daughter like what are you talking like this is like God back when you used to go to the Walden books and buy dirty joke books like the guy you know the boyfriend and the farm like you know his car breaks yeah. down and he fucks the farmer's daughter like that's there's yeah. you're not breaking right. any new ground on this one there guy but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and I thought Mia Goth did a fantastic job. I mean, she, yeah, um, you know, you know, she kind of had to 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 be, you know, kind of the final girl, but also have a little bit more, you know, uh, you know, like just I guess like yearning for, you know, to, this this really was something that was kind of her her big break. So it was more than just you know kind of wanting to get out of there alive. It was like it really, mm-hmm. you know, had to do with 
you know, her, what she felt like was her only way to, to kind of get any success or anything. Um, and that is Pearl. She was great and just unrecognizable. Yeah. I mean, if, if I didn't, hadn't read that article where, you know, saw that she was doing both, I don't know that I would have, I would have recognized her. Um, so, um, but yeah, uh, I highly enjoyed it. Can't wait for the sequel. Um, you know, looking forward to this being something that I, I watch along with House of the Devil that I, I, I you know, kind of always bring out uh, from time to time to uh, to rewatch. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so um, on a game's perspective, so I did finish uh, Kirby, uh, The Forgotten Lands, and, um, you know, it, as, as much as I do not like uh, platformers, I still love a good Kirby game. Um mm. The last one that they put out, uh, it was like the kind of the four-player uh, game. I honestly yeah. didn't finish it because I felt like it was too easy. I mean, you basically just kind of loaded up all your your different Kirby clones or whatever the hell they were, and and just gave them all their powers, and you could just kind of steamroll through the uh, you, know, you could just steamroll through the levels, and there really wasn't much of a challenge at all. Uh, this is not that type of game. Um, you know, if you're going through the individual stages, um, you know, there's different um uh there's like five or six different things uh that you can try to do you know one of them is like saving all the waddle dees but there's also like little hidden things here and there so if you're trying to do everything in a stage you, you know you you might have to go back and do it you know more than once uh just mm-hmm. simply because sometimes you don't even know what those extra goals are until you finish the stage and then it it'll tell you oh hey you should have knock down these wanted posters or, you know, whatever, done this out of the other. Um, mm-hmm. And then once the game ends, there's, if you want to get the true ending, uh, which I did not, um, you, there's like some extra worlds and then you go and you're trying to find these soul pieces and the, those are much harder. Um, so you really want your, your powers to be upgraded and to do that, you, you could go back to the original worlds and um, find these blueprints and then there's these other extra challenges that you can do to, to get kind of the currency um, for all that. So if you just wanted like a Kirby game where you're kind of like swapping out powers and then you just kind of go through and do all the different stages and finish the story, totally works on that level. If you want something where there's extra challenge um, and you want to be able to kind of do absolutely everything, upgrade all your powers, and it, there's a lot more to that too, and it's, and it's more challenging. Um, and on the Switch, you know, look great, plays to its strengths it's not you know kind of trying to really push the limits of the hardware but all the different powers have you know their own different effects and they they feel different none of the the powers that you get you just feel like okay this is these are the same thing just with a different skin on them um Mm -hmm. and then especially when you upgrade them it really does kind of change uh how you use them so um you know i i really enjoyed epic yarn i loved that game um and uh, so I, I was, and I had kind of been left flat by the the last Paper Mario game because I loved Paper Mario on the on the Wii, but this last one on the Switch I just was not a fan of. So, um, and mm-hmm. then the last Zelda game, Skyward Sword, the controls were so frustrating. Um, I did play Super Mario Odyssey and enjoyed that, but the last like kind of mm-hmm. first per- Nintendo, you know, first uh, party games or whatever, not first party. What do you call it? When Nintendo makes their own games, <laughs> it is first party. Yeah, first party. Okay, yeah. Uh, I just it kind of left me flat. Like the 
the Mario Golf where you're like sprinting through oh, the course. Yeah, right. I did not like that. So Metroid, I loved it. So that that, mm-hmm. but you know, it's like I, I was really kind of looking forward to this game and hoping that it would be something uh, kind of like Epic Yarn, where um, uh, you know there's there's some challenge to it, and and uh, I was was not surprised. So. Yeah, I still, I, 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 I don't know. I doubt I'll play it. Um, it looked great, like the, the trailer they showed, and it looked more like sort of an open world Mario, which is the first time, as far as I know, Kirby's been in a game and that, like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and it's, it looked, you know, it looked interesting, but it's not. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's it's it, not going to be for me. It's <laughs> definitely not open world. I mean, it's it's. I mean, when you're in a level, there might be right. There might be some branching little mini paths that you can go to to get from point A to point B but um, uh, you know I've always liked Kirby he's just this is to me he's just a weird character or it's like he's this yeah. jolly pink puffball and he just like consumes his enemies whole <laughs> you're like well, right. what happened to them like I mean this is kind of a disturbing <laughs> right. idea where it's like oh I'm gonna swallow you whole and I'm gonna consume and take on your personality and I'm gonna use that personality to murder your friends and you're like alright that's kind of fucked up he's like no look I'm cute and you're like oh he's <laughs> right, cute right. you know he's floating around <laughs> like hee hee um, <laughs> but uh, yeah I mean it's you know I, I think it, it definitely you know it's uh it's not like a you know kind of it doesn't have like that it's not like metroid where you're constantly powering up and like oh okay now i'm gonna go back and you know go back to the stage and get to places i couldn't before it's not really like that there are some kind of optional stages that give you the currency you would use to upgrade powers that require some require upgraded powers so there's Mm kind of some of that there but for the most part like if you were following a guide and you oh i take that back there might be some things in a stage where just if you choose to go to a you can't get b but it's mm-hmm. not like you know uh, it's like, like a, the with the moons and odyssey right yeah exactly right right so like it's right. up to you how many you want to get but if you want to get all of them you're gonna have to replay right right stuff like that. and there was a few stages where i just kind of stumbled upon um mm-hmm you know, getting everything in a stage. But there was also ones where, yeah, you kind of had to make a choice. You know, if I go left, I'll get this thing. If I go right, I'll get this other thing. Um, But the stages don't take very long. I mean, it's like maybe 20 minutes to do a whole (laughs) stage. And because you can, like, switch the difficulty level to, like, you know, super easy mode where you don't get as many coins or they call it, like, wild wild mode or something where you get more coins. It's like if you're having trouble with a particular spot. And it'll, it'll tell it'll be like, hey... You seem to be fucking up a lot. You sure you don't want to like <laughs> drop it down? Um, which reminds me of like I remember playing the original God of War, and there's this one um, sequence where you're climbing out of Hades, and it had all the um, the spinning columns with the blades mm-hmm. and everything on. Yeah. It. And I would get all the way to the top and get hit and fall to the bottom and die, <laughs> and it would go. Do you want to change the difficulty? By the way. Yeah this won't affect puzzles. And I'm like, I'm on a fucking puzzle. <laughs> so no. <laughs> Can you please yeah. stop asking me? Because all you're doing right now is pointing out how bad I am at this, yeah. and I am well aware of how yeah. bad I am at this yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, the, the Resident Evil 2 remake was the same way. Like, I died a lot in yeah. every time. If you go here, you can change the difficulty. I know where the fuck it is. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's not the problem right now. 
Yeah. Uh, I need more ammo, motherfucker. It's yeah. not a difficulty issue. It's an ammo issue. <laughs> yeah. Where's that? Where do I go for that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then I'm just I'm continuing to play, you know, Tiny Tina's and making my way through that. Um, I, I started Deathloop this morning. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't done enough of it to, to have form any sort of opinion other than if I can say... Because the I, I don't know I don't know if this changes going forward, but the first couple of hours are very short yes. missions in, yes. in areas, and I'm like, oh, so you know, because like I had said when you were playing it, I was kind of hoping it was going to be more of a they turned you loose to shoot and kill and and have fun kind of game from Arcane instead of what we've seen with Dishonored, and and so far it's like oh it's just it's like Dishonored, but there's a couple of different mechanics. Like, uh yes so far i've just now yes. gotten to the point. it does not it it really is a game that uh it 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 definitely does kind of like it takes a minute even just there's some mechanics involved uh that it takes a minute for them to kind of show what they are that i i personally feel like they would have been better off kind of showing that some of that stuff earlier because if you if you kind of like were like ah, I'm only going to play this for a couple hours you might be like oh fuck this game um yeah man it starts slow i can say yeah that. a thousand percent <laughs> yes you're not wrong yeah um i mean the main thing about death loop to me and, and uh, was that don't as much as they are giving you story beats just don't worry too much about them because I don't feel like the game. Uh, I don't feel like the narrative payoff was necessarily there. If you look at it more as like this is a playground where I can go, and I'm gonna like try all these different things and see, hey, what happens when mm-hmm. you know I go to this area at this time and ha- you know what are the ways in which I can kill this person or you know flip this lever and it changes when I do this thing or that thing if you kind of look at it from that it's fucking great if you're like I really want to know you know I want this story to to pay off in some big way mm-hmm. I, at least I was disappointed um, okay so I think it really just comes down to kind of how you decide to approach it gotcha um, so but uh, but I mean it's it's extremely impressive to see the all of the ways in which they had to consider all the different ways in which somebody could play something, how they could approach something, the different mm-hmm. tools they give you, the different ways in which you know the different times affect areas and what's there and what isn't, and you know they have to know what you've done and haven't done, and that to me is amazing that they were able. To do all that and keep all that straight and and um, but um, yeah. you know uh, but at first you're right it it does very much it's like oh okay so we're just kind of doing dishonor again cool you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, and then I I you know because I finished Kirby I hope to get uh, a Dark Pictures anthology game uh, at some point uh, from Gameplay and then I'll. You know, kind of try to get myself steadily caught up before uh, the quarry comes out. Because uh, for me, I think the next really big thing is uh, Sniper Elite Five. Uh, mm-hmm. I have to look to see what else is coming out. But excuse me, that's that's kind of the big thing. So, um, all right. So that's it for us. Uh, we've next show we've got 
uh, oddly enough, there's like a ton of shit that's all just kind of <laughs> come out uh, or will be coming out um, uh, to get into. So um, we are we actually had to make some choices for this episode <laughs> as to what yeah. to talk about. Uh, so uh, we'll definitely have a full a full slate uh, for the next show. Um, and hopefully you'll be here with us uh, when we decide to talk about it. So uh, for myself and Mitch, thank you so much for hanging out. This has been episode 146 of Divided by Werewolves. We appreciate the time you spent with us, and we look forward to spending some more time with you in the next couple weeks. So for myself and Mitch, thank you again. Good night, and have a good night.